You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. I have been head down watching Love is Blind lately and seriously considering signing up for a reality dating show, as you all know. But my general concern, aside from being away from Mochi for an extended period of time, is how will I come off to the general public? Will I be, you know, relatable and rooted for? Or the outspoken villain who clearly needs a first-class ticket back to therapy? Another thought, is Love truly blind? Because if it is, Let's fucking go. Rob, have you been watching? And do you think Love is Blind? Or do you think the show is a totally crazy experiment that is not even believable? I have not been watching this show. As we talked about in the last uh, episode, I was in um, Budapest for a little while, right? So I wasn't like able to really dive into these shows like I do. When I go into a, like a streamable reality show, I need to figure out like I need to figure out time that I can set aside to just binge it. And I haven't had that time to binge it yet, but I love the first one. Look, I think, I think all reality shows have to have like a weird hook. Like we talked to Jess about, you know, it's like, what's the thing that's going to grab our attention. And this thing where people are falling in love on the other side of glass and not seeing what the people look like. And even asking stupid questions for, I mean, how long are they in that room for? How long is it? I actually Googled it because I need to know everything while watching a show and they don't explain it to you in a way that I think is sufficient to knowing what the hell this is and how people actually fall in love. So So they don't tell you, they don't tell you, they don't say like your, the experiment happens in a room for three weeks. They don't do that. That's what they did. They might have, and I probably tuned it out, but I had to Google it regardless because maybe I just stopped listening, but They're in there, I believe, for a total of 10 to 14 days where they go. It's like speed dating. So they go in the pods. Then at some point, they like start to like certain people more than others. So they do more dates with those people and hone in on them. And by the end, they've locked into either one or possibly two people, maybe three people, maybe no people. It really depends. But in this season, I am going to just give spoilers because it's been out long enough and it's really your No, you can't give spoilers. No, it's been out, Rob. No, 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 no. Spoilers are only if it's been out for like a year. Like if you can give a spoiler to the Godfather. No, no spoilers. Okay, well, there's a certain amount of couples that come out of it that they follow into the next phase, which is going to Mexico to spend a week on vacation and really get to know each other in a romantic setting and then from there, if they make it past Mexico, they move in together in Chicago, where they all live, supposedly, and they cohabitate or whatever and plan their wedding. And then three weeks later is the wedding. Right. And I saw then, the first season. I saw the first okay. season. But maybe some people listening are not as like proficient in reality dating as you are. So 
what we see is a certain amount of couples go to Mexico after they get engaged. Turns out, according to the news, so that's public knowledge, Rob, not a spoiler, there are two other couples who got engaged in the pods that just were not followed thereafter. I don't know if they opted not to be or they weren't interesting enough or who knows, maybe they had a limited quota of people they needed to follow and that was that. So they picked the most dramatic couples or whatever. I'm not the casting people or the producers. So the fact that there were even more couples that got engaged and are in real life relationships tells you something. And the article itself said, we're actually the truth because we are in a relationship still past the point of filming, past all of these other things that people are doing on camera. We're living proof that this actually worked and we're out of the public eye now, proving that it can happen and go back to real life and we're a successful couple. And it's not for fame. It's not for the show. It's because it really worked. So I think that's freaking cool. Sign me up for a pod. I don't know if they'll ever come to LA. And I don't know if LA can even handle falling in love blindly because it seems like it's just a town that wouldn't have that. We all want to see what people look like here. I I, I, it's, it's funny because I don't know for you. Because remember we talked about like uh, love is blo- – not love is – fuck. Uh, married at first sight. Remember we yeah. talked about married – it's like the same exact concept basically. Except you don't have that time to get to know somebody before you propose. But after that, it's a trip to Mexico and then you move in together. And then, you know, six weeks later, you decide if you're going to stay married or get a divorce, right? But you don't see that person until you're actually saying your I do's. Where I don't know if like you being able to bring your checklist of like what you need from a partner and then fill it, fill that cup up of like maybe maybe somebody does hit all those spots for you, and then do you? I mean, I guess it's a personal. I guess maybe you don't go into this experience if you're not ready to like turn the corner and be like, all right, I don't care about looks as much as I care about all the other things in my um, life being filled. Does that make sense? Yes, and I do think. Love can be blind if you're presented with somebody's personality, but in these dating apps, you're presented with images and like people have to opt to actually write something that has any sort of personality. So when you're looking at dating apps, you you have to judge by that because that's all you're given. But if you meet somebody in person and they have this like super charming personality and you're bantering, you might end up falling in love with somebody you would have never expected. I know I have. Two boyfriends, in fact, I was like, really wouldn't have, you know, picked them out of a lineup for me, but because they weren't my necessary, my they weren't necessarily my type, but I really liked their personalities for whatever reason at the time when I met them. And so I ended up in like two year relationships with both of those people. And it's because we met in person and our personalities jived. So I'm here for it. I've had situations where. I've, I mean, even recently I've had situations where I met somebody and at first wasn't very attracted to them, but then after spending a certain amount of time with them as friends, I was like, oh shit, I'm getting a little crush on this person. You know, like I've definitely done that. And I'm not saying it's not possible. It's just very rarely do you have the opportunity to meet a stranger and then get to know a stranger on that kind of level. And then, um, and then want to have a relationship with them. Does that make sense? Especially if like you're not meeting them. If you, if I met somebody at a bar and we got along, I you know if I wasn't super attracted to them, maybe I would ask them out. I don't know. But if you're but like you said with the apps, you're automatically right away judging somebody on 
whatever, however they present themselves. Exactly. And also how somebody opts to present themselves is not necessarily how they are. So that's like curating this personality or not because you don't know what actually appeals to the other sex. And I think that's the biggest issue with dating apps is like men make profiles that are like for other men or like weird selfies in the car of a weird angle or like in the mirror or I don't even know. I've seen some heinous things and I'm like, what are you, are your eyes broken? Have you ever seen a rom-com? What on earth leads you to believe that giant fish is going to put me over the edge and fall in love? Okay. Okay. So you just said a word that I was just about to ask you about, which is fish. Because if we're talking about love is blind, <laughs> you smack your face. All right. We're talking about love is blind. We're talking about that kind of stuff. But yes. what about the show Catfish? Like, <laughs> That's no, but listen. <laughs> no, but, but listen, but listen, because like base, the, the whole basis of the show Catfish and the reason why people stay in these relationships for so long even though their FaceTime doesn't work and they won't take the phone calls and like, you know, they're, they're basing it off the relationship they're having with these people without seeing them. They're basing it off like a relationship of them getting along and being there for each other. And then when it's revealed that the person was like not telling the truth, then, you know, it all falls apart, but it's usually based on looks because even the ones that have worked, the people show up and the person was like, um, I guess not. I guess they weren't lying about what they look like. Or there's been a couple of times where they did lie what they look like and they, they were still attractive. They just were doing it for a different reason. Yeah. Well, I just think lying should be removed. But in this case, like love is blind. You have to be honest about who you are and not reveal what you look like. So there is not that that you're attracted to. Like maybe somebody in Catfish like puts a really attractive photo and then that's why the person bites in the first place, not because of their personality. Well, that's what it is. Right. But so- There's the personality that keeps them around. Sure. But then what What if that is really true? Also, that could be manufactured. Who knows? I don't know. But I just want to find somebody who is who they say they are. Is that too much to ask? Well, previously, we've been graced with the expertise of a reality TV casting director who's casted all these people- put them on these shows and figured out, you know, who was there for the right reasons that we said and whatnot. But today our guest has had her reality on TV. Kristen Doty joins us to discuss what it's like to be in a relationship on TV, how the public's opinion has affected her relationships on and off the screen and how to embrace your crazy and never give up on love. Kristen is a TV personality, designer, and entrepreneur known best for her fan-favorite role in the past seven years of Bravo's international hit series, Vanderpump Rules. Born in Detroit, Michigan, she moved to Los Angeles to pursue her dreams of becoming an actress when she began working at the infamous Sir Restaurant in West Hollywood, just down the street from me and Rob. While at Sir, she was approached to take part in the television series and has never looked back. Kristen's entrepreneurial spirit led her to launch a clothing line, James May, named after her beloved niece and nephew. The line features soft-knit graphic tees and sweatshirts for both men and women, encapsulating her love affair with classic and vintage rock designs. Due to the overwhelming demand, she recently expanded the collection, debuting new styles and designs inspired by Kristen's passions and popular quotes from her show. She's also co-authored The Ultimate Hilarious Guide to Embracing Your Crazy and Never Giving Up on Love, called He's making you crazy. How to get the guy, get even, and get over it. Alongside the famous Michelle Alexander from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. 
She's going to help us keep hope alive. Welcome to the show, Kristen. What's up, babes? I love you guys both so much. I'm so excited to be on here for the first time. I know I'm excited to have you, although I'm a little scared to have both of you on against me right now because I your personalities are so you like you're like one of those things that when you come together, it's like the, the power comes together and then it's gonna be forced at me. Buckle up. Especially, especially on I don't know when this airs, sorry, but on two twenty two twenty two. Yep. I feel so lucky. Like it's feminine moon energy, Rob. Let's let's do this. <laughs> it's feminine moon energy, or do you just make up feminine moon energy? I think it's just moon energy. Well, this I'm I'm holding my peach moonstone right now, which is full of feminine energy on two two two. So I have feminine energy, Rob. Okay. Actually, I like Rob, I can clarify. It does have to do with pairing, if you'd like to know, because it's really important. I feel like I'm going to hear my name said like that for the whole time. Rob. 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 Okay, here's what 222 is. Two is the number of partnership and relationships. How appropriate. When you see 222, pay attention to the people who are showing up in your world. For you right now, it's us. You might be bumping into a soulmate or a soul friend, someone who will play a significant role in your world. This could also be a signal to balance the give and take in your existing relationships. Is everything on an even keel? Are you contributing enough or are you slacking? Or maybe over-functioning? Take an honest inventory and tweak back to equilibrium. Say oh, that one cool. fast. Tweak back to equilibrium. Well, this that all makes sense having Dodie on here with us. Exactly. Kristen, yeah. we have to ask the question we ask everybody. We obviously know the answer and our listeners are clearly not living under a rock, but we're going to ask you anyway. Are you single, taken, or it's complicated? Today I am taken. <laughs> today. I know. I love that it's very specifically today. Yeah. Well, you know, in relationships, there's ebb and flow. And once in a while, it gets a little complicated. But like, we are absolutely, we, <laughs> I'm speaking for him. I am taken. <laughs> Good. We should have that as our, like, our logo for like, when, when we, when you like look at, when you just do like the trailer of our show, we should have Kristen saying that the ebb and flow of the relationship. But sometimes. You're taken. Sometimes it's complicated. You know, Facebook didn't lie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Is that even still like a thing? You could be complicated. I don't know. Well, now we are. So, okay. How did you guys meet? Because that is really, I think, everybody's burning question, given that there's so many ways to meet people nowadays and you are somebody in the public eye. So assuming that probably comes with its own set of circumstances, but how did you guys meet? Yeah. So I have a, I have major stranger danger as the public probably has realized. There's very few people I've ever dated. I maybe actually just one that nobody knew, which is my ex-boyfriend, but he ended up being friends with my whole group of friends. So, you know, to stick to that, to that story, as I've done my whole life, Alex and I were friends. Like we were buddies. I wouldn't say we were like good friends. We were buddies. We had the same friend group for so many years. And then when I was officially decently single for like a solid nine months, um, it was the day before Thanksgiving, biggest bar night of the year, time to go out and get some. And I just made sure my, one of my girlfriends, Courtney, like told everyone at that bar, like I, my ex-boyfriend's actually getting in my Uber. He will not, not come and make sure everyone knows I'm single. I am here to mingle. And Alex was there and he's this giant, tall, hot Jewish dude. And I'm like, I can get me some of that. So 
you know, a, a couple of white claws and a couple of jack shots in. And I said to my girlfriend, Courtney, I was like, I want to make out with him. Like I should make out with him. And she's like, yeah. And then he said, I know. And then we all went back to my house and then we kissed. And then that was kind of it. Well, yeah. did you, did you, but was it it like, did you guys start dating the next day or was it it like you, no. then you saw each other like a, like a week later and then you had your friends be like, that was, I like to want to do that again with Alex. Yeah. So we no, Yes. And no, like I, at that time in my life, because I'd only been single out of a four year relationship for roughly nine months, but was still hooking up with my ex. So I guess I didn't feel single or I, I did feel single, but I wasn't, I don't, it's very comp. That's where it gets. It's complicated guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not want a boyfriend. I had set a rule and a precedence for myself. I was in the middle of writing my book and I'm like, I just don't want a boyfriend. Like I want to hang and bang. I want to date people. I want to know what this world feels like. Cause I'd never really experienced that as an adult. And the more we hung out, the more I was like sort of denying the inevitable. So with Alex, for the first few weeks, I told him like, you don't even have a 1% chance of being my boyfriend. Like you are my friend with benefits. Enjoy it while you can. Like this is great for dudes, right? And then one day I called him to come over, to be honest, just to have sex with me in the middle of the day while he was working, like on his lunch break. And he came over and he said, I, this isn't cute anymore. It's not funny anymore. Like what am I wasting my time for essentially? Like I want to date you. And we don't have to be super serious right now. But if you're essentially telling me I don't have a fucking chance, then what is the point? So I said, okay, fine. You have 1%. You have a 1% chance. And that was enough. And then it was, then I was just kidding myself. And then it was like 3%, 5 <laughs> The small then, percentages. Where, where is he at now on the percentage scale? I mean, he took me to Tulum. I've never been taken anywhere or really treated by a guy ever in general. And he took me to Tulum and asked me the night before we left. So this is like four months after we started hanging out. Sorry, my dog's crying like a psychopath. Um, <laughs> so we had been now seeing each other about four months. And in Tulum, he had come up with this contract because he's like in business and it was so flipping cute. And it had my dog's paw prints, like as if they had signed it. And it was this contract, like check yes or no, be my girlfriend kind of a thing. And because I, at the time, thought I was about to start my next season of Vanderpump Rules, Mm. I said no (laughs) on our last night in Tulum. So that created not a great fun night. Why did you say no? Because of the show. Because because of the show, because I saw what it did to so many past relationships and I had only dated guys that were already on the show. So imagine bringing someone who is so foreign to this world and knowing that their lives have to be a part of this, at least somewhat. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to fuck that up.
People think we're lucky because we live in LA and our winters are pretty mild. So they think that we're free from all the wintry effects. That's not necessarily the case. We have the Santa Ana winds, we have the rainy season, and we definitely experience dry skin, among other things, just like everybody else. Well, LA's own way has created the perfect solution and it's aptly named Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast, absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most and provides hydration that lasts, preventing that damn dryness. It's made of high quality nourishing ingredients like squalane and everybody's favorite coconut oil. Well, Jen, that sounds right up your alley. And did you know that you can turn your shower into basically a spa with the gentle skin softening way Melrose Place Body Cleanser? That balances out your skin without stripping it or leaving unwanted residue. Experience the new way Melrose place body cream and body cleanser your body your way go to theway.com and use code leave to get 15% off your entire purchase that's 15% off your entire order at t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com code b-l-e-a-v well did you ask alex if that's something that he would want to be a part of because he is friends with a lot of those guys right so like Like, but at that point, no, because we weren't serious. I was right. trying to stick stick to this hang and bang and like be single and like be flirty, you know, 30 something year old Christian. Like I want to just bang all the guys and ask, be asked out on dates. I don't know. There's- so no, I, did, I didn't discuss it with him. And then I felt really badly and thought the more I thought about it, it was kind of like, well, he makes me feel special. He makes me laugh. And he makes me feel safe. And like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, might as well give it a shot. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. There's something that's really special about your situation. And well, your situation when you were on the show, especially is like, you know, according to your TV fan base or whatever, you know, people said that you've made like questionable choices in in who you've dated over the years. And everybody's had a very strong opinion about your exes. So. When we go into relationships as normal folk, right, we're always trying to protect ourselves. That's like the main thing. It's like we don't want to get hurt again. We don't want like you don't protect your heart. Jen's protecting her heart from ten years ago, still, right? But like you have to also think about the other person getting hurt in this situation and how they're going to be perceived and what they're you're putting them into, which is kind of like I don't know, double. Fast backwards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, because when I started the show, obviously back in the day, like I was in my late twenties and I had already been dating Tom Sandoval. Obviously everyone knows that. Um, we dated for almost six years, probably should have broken up about a year and a half in, but you're young, you're broke. It, you move in together. It kind of just feels like normalcy. Like, it's just like, this is what we do. Oh, now we're cheating on each other. Oh, well, but we live together. So, and we, we share a phone bill. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just kind of felt that way. And I was really grateful that Tom ended it when he did. But then I jumped into a relationship with someone else that was just a rebound and it was horrible. I took a few months off for myself and jumped on a dating app for the first time. And I went on Bumble and my first right swipe ended up being my next boyfriend. And we were together for four years and moved in together months after we met. Mm. And so when that relationship ended, which that was the only person I dated that wasn't already a cast member, but he was friends with people. He was willing to do things to be a part of the show for me. 
Um, and it felt great until it just didn't because at that, at the end of our relationship, I was protecting him from things, you know, it's no secret. It was all over the show, but you know, like financial, financial abuse, I guess, if you want to call it that, like it was just a different sort of demon that I had never experienced before, but I did feel super protective over him because it's like, well, you didn't really ask for this, you know? So do you also feel, though, that you have to date certain people or, I don't know, maybe not date certain people because there's a fear, too, that they might just want to end up on the show or tack on to your fame and celebrity and what they're – are they here for the right reasons? Yeah. I, it's it's literally like the juxtaposition of that is so wild because I, number one, don't want to date someone who will never be on a show when I was on the show, right? Or if I get to be on one in the future, hopefully – I can't date someone who isn't willing, but I also don't want to date someone who's desperately eager because it's like, well, are you here for me or you're here for that? So it's like pretty tricky. And I think that's why I've typically dated just friends. Goes back to my stranger danger, you know, like if I don't know you and my friends don't know you, we can't trust you. Well, I actually feel like that's normal because imagine like when we were younger and we were going out, you'd hang out with the people you were out with and then they'd have friends and you'd all be together and then you'd all be friends. And that was your social circle. They were your going out friends and you'd always see them. And I mean, I I would always see the same people every Thursday at Winston's or every Friday mm-hmm. at SDK or whatever it was. Yeah, these are all, I know. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. And listeners, these are very L.A. spots. Um, so... Interesting. I picked that. But so I think I was always really used to meeting somebody that I would meet out and I wouldn't even break up with somebody until there was somebody on the back burner because I knew that the next guy would be at the next table. And but, so. Wait, I got a, I got a question about that, though, because yes, I've did. never I, I've never dated in the friend group. I've never dated like a friend because. I have and the. Where, where do you meet your girls? Because you've been single for way too effing long, right? Well, there was a pandemic, Kristen. There Some was people a pandemic. met and got married during the pandemic, sir. Yeah, but I'm not on any social. I'm not. I'm not on those pandemic available dating things. I'm a. I'm a meet in person. We. This is what we talked about a lot on this podcast. Is that I'm a meet in person, and she is a meet online. I'm a no, meet I would like person. to meet in person, but I don't. Don't troll the bars. So. And my guy is I'm not, not in a bar. the bars. I don't, I don't go to clubs or anything like that. I just go okay. to my places. Can I, you guys can take this out if you want to. When I was single, like, like pre Alex, even like in that little time frame, I tried to flirt with Rob. <laughs> you did? I text you and I was like, we should have made out last night. Yeah, what but I thought time? you were just being, I didn't know that was flirting. I thought that was just you being like, we were well, drunk. That's what happened. Wait, Kristen, <laughs> I've also done the same things. And I'm like, either he looks, he calls me golden. So he must think I'm yeah. a boy. And calls me Dodie. Right. I didn't say I don't like making out with friends. I said I haven't dated friends before. Because I'm afraid, I'm the other side of your stranger danger. I'm afraid of losing a friend. I don't want to like fuck it up and then all of a sudden things are weird with us or like then you're mad at me or you know the people have an opinion about how things went down and you can't be at the same bar and we can't go meet everybody for football or whatever it is i don't ever want to be in that position um Sherry, but as long as you don't like make things gross then it won't i mean my my ex pre-alex you know we share dogs together um and occasionally we're at the same group friend thing. And in fact, I've been at group friend things with his girlfriend 
didn't go over well, but he's been at one group friend thing where Alex was there and it was like fine for him, except he was weird. It just, it, we made that happen because we didn't break up in like a dirty way. I feel like it just kind of was like, it was the first, to be fair, it was the first relationship I ended. Right. But you also, you, you even said, because I I've known, I've known your ex-boyfriend for way like before you did. And I've known that whole group of friends for a long time. And I was very happy to see you come into that friend group and you guys got along really well, but you even said that you met him online. So you weren't friends first, you know, when things did, when things did go sour, it was easy for you guys to take that time apart, even though you had the dogs. Yes, Jen. Uh, Well, not to interrupt. This was just signaling that I have something to say thereafter. You were commenting on her dogs. Oh, go for it. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, Jen knows I have a whole thing about like staying in a relationship or staying attached to somebody or whatever because of pets and all that other stuff. Like I'm a huge believer that when it's done, it's done. Y'all figure it out. No, I agree. But I have a free babysitter. When it's convenient for me, I have a free babysitter. I'm so here for that. If you do end things well, because then you know that babysitter loves the animals. And Um, I feel I'm not worried. I can go out of the country and I don't have to think twice. But here's a a great thing about. I had something to say. I thought that was what you were going to say. Okay. You're getting bullied, Rob. Yeah. Go ahead. So what I was going to say (laughs) is, Rob, should you choose to date somebody in your friend group? You know I have stock messages and will help you gracefully get out of it. Looking unscathed, everybody will be super proud of how you handled it. You're going to be such a big boy and use all your words. What the hell are you talking about? So if you need to end things like a professional and be, you know, respectful. She's there to to help you end things in a way that will not affect a friend group. Yeah. So are you encouraging me to date a friend because you have the ability for me to break up with that friend and not be a dick? Precisely. Yes. Yes. Well, that sounds like (laughs) that sounds that sounds like you're setting me up for failure, and you're just there waiting with the net. What Jen is saying is that she's giving you an in to start dating again. Give what I've done a try, right? And if it doesn't work, no harm, no foul. I have a. I don't don't even. I don't even have a friend that I want to date, so that's not even a thing. But I'm just saying that if like. the stranger danger, I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. I like going in right. and meeting somebody, having no strings attached to them at first, and then getting to know each other. And usually that person becomes my best friend because once I'm in a relationship with you, all I want to do is spend time with you. That's it. And that's Agreed. one of the main things. About- because your, your, per- your partner should be your best friend that right. you have sex with. Right. That's literally what your partner should be. Well, I know your boyfriend now very well too. And I know he's a very understanding and caring person. Mm-hmm. Like if you and I had, if, if we were dating now and Carter was still coming around knowing, you know, all the stuff that, you know, how he felt and everything. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd be okay with that. I don't know if. You wouldn't be okay with a free dog babysitter. Cause that's like really all it is. But is it, or is it just a reason oh, to like still like maybe for you it is, yeah. but is it for but is it for him? Mm-hmm. We don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not him, so I don't know. Right. I don't pretend that I understand the male mind. I work very hard in therapy to work on myself first, and then secondary work on the male mind. But the bottom line is, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. We're always going to have a different communication pattern. 
Unless you're a Gemini. Rob, I think you, I think us air signs, I think you're a lot more feminine than, than masculine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's wow. way more emotional than I am about things. Right. And when, I'm like very sign? Or you're Capricorn. Yeah. Oh. Organizer. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. But we air signs, we are, we are emo AF. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I get that. I, I mean, look at all of his tattoos. I feel like it's a love song. Right. Like a power ballad. <laughs> it's a power ballad. You know, I have a friend. I have a friend who described my tattoos perfectly. He's like, have you met my friend Rob? He comes with instructions. <laughs> In every language. <laughs> You're like the little tag and the dry cleaning thing. That's like all the symbols and all the links. So one of the things, uh, Kristen, that Jen and I have talked about on this podcast too, is like the fact that we are both in therapy about you know, our emotions and where, what's happened in our past life and like how it affects our future and all that other stuff. And Jen's very, very particular about making sure that whoever she dates next is open about their therapy and that they can be in therapy and all that other stuff because they're obviously fucked up, not her. Let's just put that out there. Yes. But, um, right. Well, never, okay. Jen, never, never Jen. It's no, always the that. The hope is that he's not fucked up because he goes to therapy. So he's aware that there are issues and he works on them actively, Rob. That's the point of therapy. Right. I understand. But but what if they're not in therapy, but they seem like they're okay? Do they still have to go into therapy? Are they okay? Who's okay. The judge so that's my point. That's yeah. my point. Who's <laughs> but, the judge of that? So you saying you're, you go to therapy to understand yourself first and then the man second mm-hmm. is awesome. But how did that translate into your book? Um, that's exactly what translated into my book, because at the end of the day, my book is, it's a, everyone reads the title and then they know the character, if you will, quote unquote, crazy Kristen. Oh my gosh, here she goes again, blaming all the guys, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you actually read the effing book, even if you just read like the, the beginning and the end, you would know that that is not at all what this book was about. The book was about like my journey through self-love. All I did was start at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. (laughs) And Ayo, you like that? And really discuss like, I'm sorry, but as women, like we were all born sugar and spice, everything nice, no qualms, quips, whatever about relationships. We're not scared of dudes. We don't think boys are gross. We're like doodling their names in our notebooks until someone screws us over. They call us names. They call us crazy. Eventually they cheat on us. They lie. They're lazy, blah, 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 blah. And it's our fault that we stay with these in these relationships. That's our fault. No one can make us stay. And that's where the psychological BS happens. But the end of my book is like, this was all a journey about self-love. I, I trust me, I thought highly of myself. However, I don't think I truly loved myself and knew my own self-worth until like the beginning of writing this book. And when I truly became single and I truly broke up with the first guy of my whole entire life. It's wild. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, 
most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about slow connection either. And plans started under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus an additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. When we were growing up, I think maybe it's an age thing too, that it's something we had to go through, is that we were never taught about breadcrumbing and gaslighting and all the terms that they've now created. Right. Oh, there's a new one. It's groundhogging. I'm like, well, I cannot. Oh, it just came out. It's about basically doing the same thing every day and then expecting different results. It's called insanity. They just branded it as groundhogging because there's all these new terms for all these behaviors that have been happening since the beginning of time. And again, mm-hmm. back to how we grew up as little girls who thought, you know, boys are wonderful. And then they'd throw rocks at us. And then we're like, ow, boys are mean. And no, so- but then we're supposed to be like, oh, if the boy makes fun of you, he likes he, you. He really likes mm-hmm. you. So now we're making excuses for them. And now we're like having to go deep down into our souls and like take care of them because they don't know how to express themselves. And we've got to forgive them for that, for being such boys and such men. And, and so they don't know any better. I, and it's harder for yeah. them to do their own therapy because they can't get in touch with that side, like blah, blah, effing blah. So we're Shut held up. to the standard of strength, resilience, empathy, compassion, all of these things that we're supposed to be and love unconditionally, but no one like tells you how you actually get to the unconditional part. We're just told you have to do it. And so go be strong and go be in it to win it and love them. And then they can just do all those words that now exist and it's okay. And you're not supposed to like, but then you're called crazy because you did any of those things. But it's like, wait, I was just in the name of love. Wait a second. Wait a second. I I stuck with an ex-boyfriend because I Again, rebound, not a relationship in hindsight, but I stuck with him thinking, wow, I see so many patterns that I saw in my younger self. Who would I to be to leave him in this horrible time of his life, right? Oh, he's going through so much, blah, blah, blah. And I stuck in that shit with this abusive a-hole for a year and a half until I finally went, what am I doing right now? I'm beating myself up over things that I just need to handle on my own. Like I'm trying to correct my past mistakes through this boy. No, it's not my problem. It's his freaking problem. Like go to therapy, figure it out. I did it. I've been in therapy for eight years. <laughs> but you thought that if you fixed, if you like, if you changed your ways with that boy, mm-hmm. then, then it would turn around and make it was you. like my due diligence for like being wrong in past relationships for cheating or acting like a psycho. Cause there were things I did in my twenties that were my fault. Mm-hmm. I did not handle things well. I drank too much. I partied too much. I let my emotions overflow, etc. And so when this person came along post Tom Sandoval, I'm like, you know what? I need to fix this person because I now know how to fix myself. I can fix them. This pattern won't continue. It's all bullshit. What? You know what I mean? Yeah. I um I got I gotta say, I gotta say, on the other end of the whole spectrum that y'all just went down right there, the whole I 
pretty much remember me getting married in third grade because Abby Walker wanted me to fucking marry her. Not because, I mean, Abby was a very nice girl, but she's like, we're getting married at recess. And I was like, okay. She's like, you're my boyfriend now. And I'm like, okay. And then as you grow up as a male in this society, a heterosexual male, you start going like, you you know, if the woman says something, you say, okay, otherwise it's going to be a fight or otherwise you're going to be controlling. So on the other side of like, Y'all being crazy, we have to worry about being called controlling if we have any sort of opinion about anything that y'all are doing or have any kind of feeling about that doesn't match up with yours. I think that's because you're a sensitive soul, though, Rob. Like, you are a different kind of dude. In my experience, being your friend, you are a different kind of dude. Thank you. You are so sensitive and you're so loving and like you want love and like not a lot of guys are like that. I've never heard a guy ever say that his concern was to come off controlling. Like Mm -hmm. instead they wanted, they didn't want to come off like too sappy or like a pushover or a doormat or weak, weak. Men are strong. They don't want to be weak. So Mm -hmm. if, if they're too sensitive, they're weak. No, that is what we want as women well and then the whole thing too about wearing the pants like where did that saying come from i wear pants we all wear pants pants are pants yeah or like i don't think anybody says that anymore i think that was like a 1960s to 1980s thing maybe i live in the past also what about these color tvs where have they come from (laughs) (laughs) okay so yeah maybe it's a little outdated but i do think it set the tone for either people particularly around your age, Rob, or parents who are then breeding children and training them to be similar because that's what they know. So Mm -hmm. I think- Wait, I'll give you a prime example. Today we were in the car taking my dog to the vet. Alex was driving my car and I was getting car sick because I just do. And he goes, well, maybe next time we're both in the car, you should drive if you're going to, because you get car sick so often. And I said, Alex, the last time I drove us in my car, you literally asked me to pull over so we could switch seats because you got car sick. He goes, oh, I never get car sick. I just prefer to drive because I'm the man. Oh. Which I don't mind because then I can just like play on my phone and pet my dogs. But also like his reasoning was like, it felt kind of like manly or more masculine. Like I drive, you just chill. I take care of you. That well, kind of vibe. Are you a good driver, Kristen? I'm a, I'm a careful driver. Okay. Ooh. Well, maybe if he didn't put I was about the- to say I'm a really good driver, but meaning like there are certain streets I just won't take. Like don't ask me to drive in a canyon. Not happening. Gotcha. But maybe he should have left off the the, the man part, but it's also <laughs> it's also that's how he felt. That's how he felt. Right. But right. that's like He's an old school. That's an old school thing though. Like also right. I don't want anyone to stop driving me. I don't want people to stop opening doors for me. So there are certain things like chivalry is not dead. Chivalry is what it is. I'm not here to change it. I love it. It's cute. Call me. I love it. And Jen, I love it more now. And I feel like I used to be such a, I I was needing to be this independent bitch. Like, don't do that for me. And don't do that for me because I can handle it all. And now I'm finally in a relationship where I'm like, no, that actually be really nice. Okay, well, yeah. so where's the line? Because like, like I, I was raised by a southern father, right? I'm open door. I'm yes, ma'am, no, sir. I'm walk on the walk on the inside of the street. So if a car were to come, you know, no, or anything happens, 
Yeah. Like I, I'm the first person there. I sleep next to the door at night because if anybody were to come in, I got my baseball bat. They're coming at me first. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things like that, that like we are, we want to do for you. But then it's also like uh, Jen and I were talking about this. Um, I think on Valentine's day, or maybe we were talking about it before, but we were like, no, I, we, I haven't dated in so long. I always want to pay the bill. Do I do that anymore? Yeah. Is that not good anymore? Are we supposed to split well, on the first date? Yeah. Like, like what? I'm, I'm a little like half seas about the bill thing, but I do. I agree with Jen. Like chivalry is not dead. Like it, it, it can be hard to crack a person like me though. I feel like someone like me who is felt the need to be independent after a bad relationship. Mm. It ended up, I ended up like setting myself up to be taken advantage of. Okay. Okay. Like I created a monster with one ex-boyfriend because I did make more money, which no big deal. And we all have our times of strife and someone goes, you know, whether it was him or me, like we, in a relationship, someone's always going to kind of go through their time of strife, right? Maybe they're like not, especially with what we all kind of do for a living, like whether it's acting or self-employed, right? It Sometimes you go through your lulls. And I think I got to a point because I wanted to be so fucking independent and so Beyonce <laughs> that I created a monster mm. and just started being like, yeah, I'll pay for that. Yeah, I'll pay for that. And it was like after a couple of years, I'm going, what in the actual fuck? Like you're actually like now you've gotten so that's boyfriend, like you've gotten so used to this and you've now taken advantage of me. And so there has, there is a weird happy medium that has to be figured out, but it's, that's what communication is all about. So now I understand, like, I understand I have two, I have a two part question for you, but like, I understand now the he's making me crazy part because it's not necessarily, not necessarily not what you're doing and he's doing together that you're not like understanding or meshing with, but it's more of like that kind of shit he was doing in that relationship is now affecting this next one or like the way you, the way you think about your future relationship from that going forward. Exactly. It's like you as women specifically, and maybe guys, Rob, you can tell me, I don't know, but it's like, I've taken every dark or dirty part, however you want to word it, like from my last relationship and brought it into the next one and been like, how do I, make sure this doesn't happen again. Mm. No, the second second part of that was like being on, having a relationship like that and the other one that you had on the show, right? Mm -hmm. Being on TV. Do you feel like you stayed in those both longer because it was on in the public? Do you know what? Like instead of admitting defeat or saying like, no, or like opening your eyes, because people I think were like, this is what's happening and you were defending it, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think you were like, do you think that, that was mostly because you were like, I have to kind of play this out. So to the best of my ability, or is it, was it like, you know, do, I do, heard, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I wish that were to be true, but for me, like, I'm just such an empath. I'm such like a super powered empath. Yeah. I just feel way too many fucking feelings. I feel everyone's feelings. Like I probably, I feel your feelings right now. I feel Jen's feelings right now. I feel my dog's feelings right now. And so I just feel this like responsibility that I didn't ask for to like protect 
everyone that I care about. And even when it's a douchebag ex-boyfriend that you want nothing to do with, I'm just thinking like, oh my God, how is this going to affect his life once I break up with him or I leave him? Like, is it going to? How will it affect my friendships? Mm. But for me, I don't think it was really the show, even though I know my responsibility when I was on that show was to have everything play out on TV. I mm. knew that that was a responsibility I had because doing things off camera is kind of a coward move. Um, because that's what I signed up for. That's what I chose, you know, a million years ago to do. But truly, I think it was more just the empath in me of, of feeling like I could just fix everything all the time, but at the detriment to myself. So then after all that was said and done and I started writing the book is like, that was my self-love journey. Yeah. Was like, wait a minute. I, cause, because I had to dig so deep and go back to all these past relationships from like age you know, like seventh grade and all. I remember you. I remember reading about the um the the experience you had in the, with like your first boyfriend in the basement. Oh, mm-hmm. my, yeah. my first first when <laughs> yeah. I lost my virginity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had planned that for months and months, and all we ever did was like an HJ in the back of his dad's like station wagon after hockey practice, and then I knew it was the night, and I was so excited, and he knew that I was like obsessively in love with him. And it was just the worst thing ever. I just cried. It was horrible. It was horrible. And then I made him a scrapbook before he went away to college. And now I'm like, what? God, for Jesus, Lord, what did I do? You know what? Whatever you had to go through to get here, you're clearly in a good relationship. You guys actually live together. He's a good dude. You have self-love. But how is it dating him or just off camera versus on camera and do you think that being off camera in your relationship is actually helping this relationship or is it an entirely different set of reasons why this one works and also like you watch the stuff like the bachelor and stuff like that and jen and i were talking about how there's this you know the new season of love is blind Mm -hmm. and how there's people that i guess didn't get picked to continue on in the show but they got engaged on the show and they're actually their relationships are actually lasting and working off the show so like What's the amount of pressure that's off, I guess, to kind of piggyback on Jen? I think with it, when you're filming, it's just that you don't have your own. Number one, if you don't want to talk about something in real, let's say we're not filming, right? Let's say, let's say Rob and I are in a relationship and we do not have to film. We don't have to talk about things. We can sweep them under the rug. <laughs> we absolutely can if we want to. They're going right. to build because that's just the way life works. However, if Rob and I are now on a TV show, there's no such thing as sweeping under the rug. Not only are they going to ask me and ask Rob, but they're going to ask every Jen, they're going to ask you, they're going to ask every friend around us 40 million times to talk about what our relationship is like. So there's no escaping. So it's like the beauty and the beast of being on television. Mm. The beast is like, I don't, we're not ready right now. We need to do this on our own time. But the beauty of it is you're not sweeping shit under the rug because you have to talk about it. Right. So I think the happy medium is in real life <laughs> therapy. And you learn how to communicate because communication is the ultimate beast. I mean, they say like divorce. Divorce is like money, moving, um, blah, 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 blah. I talked to my therapist about the number one things that she tells married couples, like you never go to bed angry, blah, blah, blah. We all hear that, right? But the main thing is if you are in a fight with someone and you don't want to talk about it, 
what my therapist has told me is you table the conversation. You don't walk away and stonewall them and ignore them and do the silent treatment and say, fuck you. I'm not talking about it because I don't feel like talking about it. I'm putting myself first. That's not self-love. It's saying I'm tabling the conversation. I have 24 hours and now it is my responsibility to bring it back up to you. Oh, That was one of the most valuable things I've ever learned. So whether it's him or me, it puts that pressure on that person. And it also gives that person time because I'm as a woman and as an empath, like I'm like, talk about it now, fix it now. And not everyone is ready for that. Right. Some people just need to like sort of chill in their own way. It and gave also, you guys it, it gave you guys time. It gave you guys yeah, a lot of and, time. And other it. times because of past relationships that I've dealt with like assholes who are in my face, I need time. Sometimes like I freak out and I put headphones in and I just disappear. Mm-hmm. And I just need time to like be with myself and I can't fight anymore because I don't fight the way that I used to. I've learned how to fight fairly. I just think that's that Bring this full circle. I just think the most important thing I've learned about being in a relationship is fighting fairly. Mm. You're always going to fight. You're always going to disagree. You, especially once you get married, you have kids. There's bigger things to fight about than the wet towel on the floor. Mm-hmm. And or it's calling names. It's not the wet towel that's the issue. It's bigger no. issues usually, but the fight is the distraction. And then, like right. most of the time, I mean, it's even the same thing with like anxiety. People are like, "I have anxiety," and it's like, "What is your? Why are you anxious?" And they're like, "I don't know." You do know you just don't want to do the deep dive into what is actually causing you to be stressed out. But I think, you know, that's so crucial. And sadly, not everyone goes to therapy. But if you get anything from this episode, it's that. And I mean, mean, I'll throw it out there. My boy, Alex, my boyfriend just started therapy all on his own. I've been, like I said, eight years and he sat in with me with my therapist on Zoom um, just a couple of times. And she told me, like, you guys are not ready for couple therapy until couples therapy until he is ready to do his own mm-hmm. because it's just going to feel like attacking on him. If I speak that language and the therapist speaks that language, like, that's not going to be fun for him. It's just going to be like we're talking in this therapy language and he's like, what the fuck do you mean? And I've been there with an ex-boyfriend and the ex-boyfriend just shut down, was like holding my hand, freaking out the whole time. So, and on top of that, though, it's also one-sided essentially because they're there uh-huh. for the relationship versus as two individuals who have things going on in your lives that you're then yes. coming to talk about. But it's not on an even playing field if you're the one in therapy and then he only goes to work on the relationship. Like, But you're still a person all the other hours of the day that has things right. going on. I, I, got back, I got back into therapy um, obviously because of the stuff that I've gone through in the past year. But I was planning on going back to my therapist anyway. I always said that if I met a girl that I liked, I was going to start going to therapy before I asked her on a third date because I know I have issues that I have to kind of get over in order to be the best person for that person, right? So yeah. like that was always the plan. I'm just I just happen to be in therapy about other stuff now. And now if a girl and she keeps asking me about relationships, and I'm like, I'm not in one. Why are we talking about that? Let's talk about all the other stress. The way I always word it, like not to make this a therapy podcast now, but I just, the way I worded it to Alex was like, this doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're less of a man. It just means you literally have more tools in your tool belt to handle all the outside forces that are going to be in your life. For me, that's what therapy is. It's like, I got to know myself better, but there are always going to be people in your life, friends, 
boyfriend, girlfriend, partners, marriages, whatever it is. And you cannot control what those dates look like. You can't control what that engagement might look like, whoever it is, that abusive partner, God forbid. But these tools in your tool belt give you, you know what I mean? It like helps you to like deal with all that crap. You've dealt with a lot of crap though. So you wrote this book and that (laughs) seems to be pretty therapeutic for you. Plus the therapy and stuff. How on earth though, have you kept hope alive through all of these relationships, all of people's thoughts on your relationships? Like you weren't like scared shitless to ever get in a relationship again. You just go right into it. I love love so much. I love rom-coms because I love the rom more than the com. You know what I mean? (laughs) I want to be swept off my feet. I want the guy to like grab me by the face and like kiss me against like the building. And like, I want all of that. Right. But you didn't have any like set expectations. You didn't have like, they need to do this, 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 check this box, check this box, check this box. (laughs) Leave her alone. (laughs) Yes and no. I mean, yes and no. I decided in this relationship, like I wasn't going to date anyone who was like a, a wild partier. I wasn't going to date anyone who kind of just didn't have their shit together. Like That's you don't true. have to be wealthy. You don't have to, you know, be ready to have babies tomorrow, but just like have the same goals and views that I do on children. Cause that's marriage to me is like, I'm fine with it. I'm fine without it. I want a partner and I want babies. Like Mm -hmm. that's what I care about. And I also want that partner to care enough about themselves and me to like, just try. Yeah. But you're very, you're very flowy when it comes to that. You know, there's no hard no's and no hard like yeses that you need. Right. No, I mean, I'm dating a Sagittarius. That's pretty much against everything I've ever like wished for. Like I chose to do it anyway. You that know, air signs, our air signs just feed fire. We just feed no. the fire and then they get bigger. And no, it's- I wanted to date a Gemini or a Libra mm-hmm. and I wound up with, you know, Sagittarius, but I chose to go for it anyway. So clearly my lines are not, or my, my lines are not blurred. I'm yeah. just like fine with it. Hear that, Jen? Well, yes, but she has tools in her Jen, you ever think about signs, Jen? Oh my God. No, I'm just always attacked by Rob who thinks everything I do in life is wrong, which is what he was getting at. Not what I said. Yes, I just, exactly what you said without. What I say, no, what I say. is allowed to vet people and she is allowed to have her pros and cons. She's allowed to have her yeses and nos. I think that I think that Jen and I would I think that Jen and I would um I think the reason why this podcast works is because I always say that Jen is more head and I'm more heart and I think if we kind of just gave each like if we kind of took a little bit of each other's stuff from each other you know that you know it might actually work out for the both of us I should Mm -hmm. use my head more when I go into relationships she should use her head more when or Um, her heart more if you're all heart then maybe you should not be such a bully Ayo, ayo, yeah, but Rob, you also are head because you're like you, you can be judgmental about things. What? Like, yo, know, because you could look at a girl that you think is awesome, and then you're like, no, no, it's just like a bad idea altogether. So you are both. Yes. A more, a more. Let's go. What else does Rob need? To <laughs> Jen's like, yeah, okay. she's I <laughs> uh, was. We were about to get out of here. All right. Anyway, so Kristen, thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so Just because you're having so much fun with me. Yeah. I know this was awesome. I know we say it all the time to our guests, but we really do have to have you back a lot more often because. 
that got a lot deeper than I thought it was going to. I mean, I didn't think it wasn't not going to be deep, but it, it, we got into some really good stuff there. Oh, so, yeah. And I can go way deeper. You yeah. Know that. Okay. Well, that's a whole other podcast. That was weird. But <laughs> listen, tell us, tell us where we can find you on social media. Tell us about the book. Tell us about all this stuff, the, the yeah. clothing line, all this stuff you got going on so we can just promote the shit out of everything. Just buy my stuff, guys. Uh, follow me at Kristen Doty, D-O-U-T-E, on all the stuff. And James May, my clothing line, graphic tees, band merch, send a good message, James May, M-A-E dot C-O, and my book, He's Making You Crazy, on Amazon and wherever you buy books. Um, and everyone, don't forget to keep tuning in to It's Complicated, where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share it with a friend. And if you want to join the class of Master Daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meds. And you can find me at Forever's Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S, E-V-O-R-S on Instagram. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you next week. Love you. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.